right. So Amy, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. And when I was uh, thinking of my list of speakers and the title being Small Steps, Big Wins, one of the first people that came to my mind was you, Amy. So I'm so happy to have you. And I had the pleasure of seeing you in action back in, I want to say it was the end of September, beginning of October with our top advisors in Newport. First off, you're amazing in terms of you did two workshops, you did main platform, but you just crushed it for them. And uh, they couldn't stop talking about you. And I know now you're going to be doing some coaching with our advisors. So I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you. And it's, you know, it's such a treat to, it's one thing to do a speaking engagement for an agency and then that's it versus do a speaking engagement, get to know your people. And now we have this ongoing relationship. So it's just, it's so fun to have a, you know, a group of your people on my call this morning, all familiar faces to get to really dive into some of this work. And, you know, we're all about learning for the rest of your career and right in your uh, belly width of what you do. And I'm psyched about that. So thank you. So, you know, as I was thinking and prepping, you've done a lot of things and we'll go in a lot of different directions today. But one of the things that you've talked about is you've created this wow experience for your clientele. And I know that you had to be extremely intentional when you would building this and I would say developing it and changing this and tell me kind of the thought process behind that and how it got started and and then give me an update of where you are on that today. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's something that we very deliberately do and I think the approach that we take is the opposite of what many traditional advisors do. I think okay. you know, we're trained in the beginning to kind of meet the clients where they are and provide an experience catering to the things that they like to do and the you know the hobbies that they have or the activities that they're already engaged in and we took an opposite approach which is you know there are things we love to do experiences we would love to share with our clients so instead of meeting the clients where they are we actually invite them into our world love and it. the beauty of that is we get to spend more time doing the things we already love to do. And then we get to fold the clients into it. So for example, I love live music. I'll spend all summer going to concerts, but we try to think about, you know, how do we bring the VIP experience that we have with the seats that we have at the venue that we are season ticket holders and provide an experience for the clients. That's unlike anything they've ever seen before. So every concert, we get to invite 12 guests. We have 20 concerts during the course of the summer. And each of the shows, we curate a different group for. So the people who are going to Dave Matthews are not the same people who are going to the Kiss concert. And those are not the same people who are going to go see Post Malone. Love but it. because the clients are so eclectic, we match them with this very eclectic group of concerts all summer. And then we curate this event that from the second they pull into the VIP parking lot, we do the whole tailgating, we escort them into the VIP tent, they just feel special. And that's wow. the whole experience that we're trying to create. Now, I read a book recently where the author said, every client wants the same two things. They want you to solve their problems and they want to feel special. And I think we as advisors often only focus on the first, 
And for us, it's really having the clients feel special, feel catered to, and feel like they're brought into a world, our world, where um, they're exposed to something they, they may not have ever done before as well. Well, it's amazing. And, you know, it's very interesting. So in the role I have, I always get asked, are you a golfer? And I'm not. And I've always kept, I put it on hold because I kept saying, I know how obsessed I'll be with golfing. But what I've done is similar to you. I bring people into my world. And I think one of the coolest things, and I'm sure you're seeing this, is when you bring them in is you probably get an amazing high watching their reactions to you treating them special, which probably in itself is a huge thing for you. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Absolutely. And I think it's the shared joy, right? Yep. Because I already know I love doing this. I already know it's going to be a fun night. And so I've got complete confidence in what the experience will be like. What's always a surprise is when the people come together, mostly they don't know each other. So we take advantage of any event that we plan, whether it's you know virtual or in person. We take advantage of the fact that, hey, you know, this couple over here would love this couple over here. They would have no other reason to meet each other unless we galvanize the group. Yeah, and so great. we're we're always think, really thinking about who could come to this show or who could come to this event or who'd come to this wine tasting, and we know they would hit it off. And then we, it's kind of like, you know, matchmaking, but it, but in a group setting. Yeah. I love it. Always. It's so funny, right? Every concert, every event, it's a little awkward for the first 10, 15 minutes. And by the end of the evening, everyone's hugging, they're exchanging numbers. They've got things in common. They find commonalities. It's so great. What can happen in a short period of time in terms of relationship development? And that's the piece yeah. I love so much about it. And I think the other thing too is, you know, we spend a lot of time being smart, being educated, being relevant, staying on top of our industry and providing that to our clients in our planning meetings. But but the wow piece of it is they also get to see us as people, not just financial advisors, but they 100%. get to see in a world exposed to new things. And I think that's the part that's very special. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So when you started on this journey to create you know, you've been doing wow stuff, but now you're creating this whole different level of it. What were some of the challenges you came into or did you not come into challenges? Absolutely. I mean, I think the challenge is how do you provide a VIP type of experience for your clients in your early years when you have no money? I mean, I think the <laughs> biggest challenge is wanting to invest in the practice, wanting to invest in teams and staff and build the infrastructure and wanting to do special things for the clients. And all of that's competing for the same dollars. So for me in the early years, it was about, you know, how can I create experiences, something special that doesn't cost a lot of money. And I, you know, I started with, and it'll sound so simple, but I started with handwritten thank you notes and just, you know, early on constantly thanking people just for the relationship, for their trust in me, um, I would send them, a, you know, a happy two year anniversary card that we've been working together for two years and just write down the accomplishments that they've had during that period of time. Just something that felt personal, right? The cost of it was minimal, but the impact was really special. And, and I would, you know, and send these thank you notes 
And then I would get thank you notes for my thank you notes. That's when I knew it was working. That's when I knew people wanted to have a much more personal exchange and not just a business relationship. Yeah, that's amazing. So when you think about it, I get the challenges early on, but you had to step away from, you know, time and you had to put some time into this. And was that hard in the beginning when you said, all right, I'm going to leave at on Thursday at two o'clock because I got to get the tailgate ready and my team's going to be there. Was that a challenge for you mentally in the beginning? Yeah. And it's, it's a really, I love this question because I think because like, at least for me, like my success was very gradual, right? And so I gradually upgraded my lifestyle. I gradually upgraded the things that we were able to reinvest in. I gradually built the team. And so, you know, when there was finally this realization, like, oh, we could afford to do this. We could buy these concert tickets. We could expand for the whole season. The piece of it was for me, was like a little bit guilty. Yeah. It almost, it just clicked for you though. Right. Like I was playing hooky, like, Oh, is it okay for me to leave? Yeah. You know, well, obviously I'm leaving to create a client appreciation event. Like, of yeah. course it's still, but you go through that mental part yeah. when you're beginning to do it because you're almost, I, I love, I love that you said the gradual thing, right? Cause one of the things I try to always teach when you're building a business is you got to build stuff ahead of time so you don't get crushed by the weight of it, right? So you now have the right infrastructure. So you are able to free yourself up mentally, forget about the time, but you mentally are able to say, all right, it's time for me to go entertain my clients in a different way and build those relationships. Well, let me build on that for you. Did you notice a change in the clients once you did this? after they came to an event or I know the letter, but let's talk about the event for a second. You brought them to the event. Did it, did it change your relationship? It changed my relationship and it changed immediately the referrals. I think when people get to know you as a per, I was say we're people, not just producers. When yep. People get to know you as a person and they really like you as a person. It's very different than just respecting you as their advisor but now it's like, I actually, I like being in their world and I want to bring other people into this world. And so it's, it's like less about, Hey, can you refer someone to me and help me, which is the, the old training, right? Help. Could you please help me build my yep. business? And it's the shift became, um, can I invite my friend into this world? Can I, can I refer you to my sister? I, I want them to be part of this thing too, that it really is something special. And it's, you know, it's not just about events and fun things, but it is really about the kinds of conversations that we have with the clients, the the things we're willing to do to help them. I always say, like, look, I'm a retainer for you. You call me with any questions you have. I think I, I, I negotiated three car deals last week with clients who called to say, lease or purchase, what should I do? You know, purchase, pay cash, finance, what should I do? And it's they're just trained now to not make a financial decision without checking in with us. And yeah, so I, I feel it. like we're, we're totally integrated into their world. They are integrated into ours. And it's just, it's very sticky that it, it builds trust. It builds friendship in this very, very different level of um, connection yeah, that in great. the early years, you know, it's, 
you, you just had, it was just a grind. You just had to create as many relationships as you possibly could. It was hard to steward them in such a special way. But the, you know, the, the older you get, the more experienced you are, the more flexibility you have. Now I can, I can take a client out for dinner and spend a couple hours together because one, I have a wonderful team. Two, I'm an empty nester. I've got a lot of free time back now that my kids are grown and out of the house. It's like this really interesting time in life where I can invest not just in the practice itself, but really invest in the relationships. Yeah, I like, love it. I love I, I, I love the clients. I like I truly love them as people and I enjoy spending my my personal time with them. Yeah, it's awesome. I I uh, I've always looked at the advisors as my clients and as I'm sitting here listening to you, we have a very similar mindset of how we've done things with that. So it makes me feel really good. And I think it's very transferable what you're doing, which is great. You know, we, we talk about segmentation. We talk about ideal client, how we're trained in the beginning. The, the more successful you are, the more um, particular you get to be about the clients that you're taking on. And we have very specific criteria for the type of client that we're willing to take into our world now. And um, one of the questions that we ask, right, we, AUM, you know, what do they have for net worth? What, what do they have for income? What is their business? What, how complex is the situation? Yeah, of course, like those are the obvious questions. But once we get through that, assuming the answer is yes to those things, then we look at characteristics of the ideal client. And the last question that we ask after we go through the characteristics, which include, are they coachable? Are they responsible? Are they responsive? Are they respectful of everyone on our team? Are they in a happy relationship? Because if they're not, it's not a very happy relationship for us either. Sure. But the last question we always ask is, would we invite them to a concert? Yeah, because we want to we want to be working with clients that we actually want to hang out with in our free yep. time. And that's it. a game changer. Yeah. And I think you have to get to a point of your career. I remember, you know, being on the phone and not even asking them a qualifying question because you were just so happy you got the appointment. Right. Right. Now, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, I have a business that's growing so rapidly and I can be a little more specific of who I want and what I want to do it. So let's go backwards for a second. You know, you used the thank you card before on the two year anniversary, which is a great one because someone might send it on the one year or the 10 year, but you're picking an off time to do it, which I think brings lots of value. But, you know, my listeners here are advisors that are at the top of their game, looking to get better, but also people that are new into the industry. And when you think of someone new, what would you do? What would you, what advice would you give them to create the wow? So build on the thank you. Like what else could they do? I think it's so important as early as possible to focus on the client as a person and reach out to them periodically, not for business. So, you know, we're making phone calls now to clients to say, you know, has your daughter decided on her top choice school? You know, what, what's, where's the big decision going to be? And just checking in personally on things, right? You know, I wrote a book called Confetti Moments. And yep. it's based on the fact that our work all centers around helping our clients experience more confetti moments in their lives. So anything that has to do with celebration, you know, celebrating something big or small, we want to recognize. So we have confetti cards and it just says, cue the confetti on the front of the card. 
you open it up and it says, you know, congratulations on, and then we fill in the blank of congratulations on your son getting his driver's license. Congratulations on paying the final tuition payment. Congratulations on we're one year from retirement. Like the the non-traditional things that are so personal to the clients, but we might overlook because it's not an age change. It's not time for a conversion. It's not time for a rollover. And so I would say, for especially for younger people, newer people in the business, to take the time to acknowledge those confetti moments, to, to send the card, to pick up the phone, to make the phone call, because the clients will see how much you're paying attention to the things that matter to them. Uh, yeah. And take it a step further. You have to know those dates. You have to have that information, right? So during your fact find onboarding your clients, you have to be a great listener during those timeframes to get all that information. And I love what you're doing because some of those are traditional, like the kid got out of school and the industry is calling to sell them something. You're saying just congratulations and those sales come. So for the listeners here, if you're very intentional about building those relationships, they ultimately they're on that conveyor belt and eventually they'll be the concert goers when you get to that point but you have to be very intentional about getting the data on that. I was just going to say, and it's so much of it's about the data and collecting that and then doing something with it. Yep. So now with, you know, with our database, it's so rich in content because we are tagging, we're tagging the clients for all kinds of different things. So we know what their holiday preferences are. We certainly know what their music preferences are. But we also know, you know, if it's the anniversary of someone's dad's date of death, I want to know, like, tell me what, what was the day your dad passed away? Now I'm writing that down. And then that's going into our CRM system sure. because I want to acknowledge that that can be a very meaningful, important day for that person, even if it's the 17th anniversary and no one remembers it. We want to remember it. We also remember, you know, for Mother's Day and Father's Day, anyone who's lost their parents over the course of the year, special acknowledgement for them. Anyone, God forbid, has lost a child. We like these are conversations that come up in fact finders, and many advisors go, Oh, that's uncomfortable. Let's just kind of move on. We'll actually note that and then have a special acknowledgement on Mother's Day or Father's Day for them. And frankly, nobody's doing that, yeah. taking the time to just remember those special dates. And then doing something about it. I remember That's, one of my clients, you know, I sent I sent her flower. Her husband died in his 30s, very tragic death. And I sent her flowers for 10 years. She said, I got a lot of flowers on the first anniversary. And then you were the only ones who continued to remember this date when everyone else has moved on. That's really meaningful. Yeah, it is. You gotta the next book's gotta be caring moments. Mm, love instead, it. Instead of confetti moments, right? Because you're doing you're doing both. Well, let's talk about it. I, I know you wrote a book and I want to make sure I say it right. It was Life Savings Conversations, prepping you for the 10 most important money discussions you'll have in life. So you wrote that in your early part of your career or earlier. 2020. That was my COVID project. Oh, okay. So you wrote that. So tell me why and tell me about it a little bit. So it came out of COVID. It came out in 2020. And it was, it was a, the book I've been looking for, for prospective clients. What I always wanted to find was a really simple read, a book that someone could flip through to get prepared for a fact finder, to get prepared for like, 
you know, how, how do I have a conversation with my kids about allowance? How do I have a conversation with my elderly parents about end of life care? How do, how do you even approach these difficult conversations, many of which are around the topic of money? And I looked and looked and read and read, and I just couldn't find the, the kind of tone and message that, that I was searching for. So I wrote it myself. And um, I wanted to get it out during the pandemic because people were really money focused, insecure, uncertain, worried about so many financial things. And so many difficult conversations came up as a result of the pandemic. I wanted to give somebody a guidebook that they could reference to prepare for some of these tough conversations. So that's where that book came from. And it's written um, not only for us to give to prospective clients. We, when we get a new referral, we send that book. But um, now a lot of financial advisors buy it in bulk. And they send it to their prospective clients prior to a fact finder. It, the audience is, is pretty widespread, but it's for people initiating those conversations and not sure where to start. It instills some confidence in them before the fact finder. I love it. I love it. Well, that's really, really exciting. And uh, I'm sure that it, I think back to what we said when we were talking before the show started today, it's really puts the client in the right mindset for when you're ready. So when you think about it, you know, top of your game, you know, in all aspects, really well-balanced life. You're in this industry. And how long have you been in the industry now? 27 years. Yeah. So 27 years. What has changed in the industry? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, everything, I would say. I mean, besides <laughs> people needing a financial plan, which is like the fundamental similarity uh, over the past 27 years, everything has changed. Let's start with client expectation. Yep. I think the client expectation is so much higher than it used to be. Information has changed. Access to information is so easy. With chat GPT, you could basically build your own financial plan in, in a matter of seconds. So like, how do we as human beings still play a really critical role as a financial advisor when the client's expectation is so high, they could do it themselves. They could easily do it themselves online with all tools available to them, most of which are free. Like, so what's our job now? And I think it's all of these sticky things we're talking about, the, the feeling cared for, feeling heard, really being able to tell their story and then having someone match recommendations with their concerns and worries and goals for the future. It's the human part that I think now is more important than ever in the past 27 years. So to me, so many things have changed. I love that the bar is so much higher because I think it's, it weeds out a lot of people who are just winging it before. And it's, you know, I see now people really rising to the top of their game because they're approaching the work, not just from a math perspective, not just from using tools to create a plan, but it's the, the relationships are so critical. Yeah. Well, you've switched from an advisor to a life coach. Yeah. That's yeah, really I was, what you, that's the paradigm. I that. Yeah. I right? often say and, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an uh, overpaid unlicensed therapist. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the truth. And, and you're helping them with so many things and, and you're right. There is a lot of numbers and responsibility when you do planning, but it's how does all that work 
right. to get the client where they want to go. And that's very individualized. And I don't think a machine could ever compete with us, but some people no. might think they will. And we have to make sure we're out there selling that mission. Well, I think, you know, a perfect example is estate planning, right? Anyone can go through a planning process and realize, oh, geez, I, I have to update my estate planning documents. They're, they're 16 years old. Okay, so that's been on your to-do list for years and years and years. You know, no AI is going to get that job done for you. But when I say to the client, tell me, like, what is it that has you resisting updating these documents? You know, it's mortality. It's having these hard conversations. It's, I don't know who would be the guardian for the kids. I said, well, would it be better if I went to the meeting with you and I helped you with this? And I was in there helping to kind of interpret what the estate planning attorney is talking about. It's like, I will call the attorney, book the appointment, schedule up for, for all of our calendars to coordinate, and I will be there with you for it. Like that is a differentiator. You probably saw their shoulders drop and they probably went so relaxed and saying, this is stuff that I've been trying to do forever. So, you know, you made a statement earlier about starting out and, you know, how you brought on clients, you're just bringing on clients and doing all that. 27 years later, you know, you're where you are today. And I know from just listening to you speak in, in a workshop that I set through with my advisors here at Barnum, we have a similar philosophy. And our philosophy here is every client is an A client for someone. And you've done that. So you have multiple advisors on your team and you've segmented your clientele. But talk about that for a minute and talk about the challenges you had with that. Because some clients maybe aren't clients that you're working with the same way you did before. So walk us through that, because I think a lot of advisors in our industry want to segment their their book but maybe they don't take the time to do it because they run into some of these challenges that you've experienced. Yeah, it is a, an ongoing art and science. So the science of it is, you know, how, what, how many clients do I have the capacity to really do a great job for? So first and foremost in Q4 of every year, we take a look ahead at the upcoming calendar and say, okay, based on my travel schedule, my speaking engagements, my coaching, like how much time do I have to dedicate to specific client work and how many appointments, literally, literally count the appointments that I have the slots for, for all of 2023. And then that we back into the math and we know exactly how many client relationships I can manage. Then the question is, okay, how many of those are A and A plus, because those are the right people for me at this stage to be focusing on. But then how much wiggle room do I have left? And then I, I continue to manage what I call the legacy clients. So these are the, you know, the retirees in their 70s and 80s that started with me 27 years ago. I, there are some of them I'm just not willing to give up. Sure. Even though I totally understand the math makes no sense. There are legacy relationships that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of forever. So I just I make sure that based on capacity, I know exactly how many A clients I can manage three times a year. I know exactly how many extra slots there are for new additional clients. I was going to ask that question. So you do yep. leave spots for new clients. Absolutely. 12, 12 per year is how is the only amount I take on. My team takes the rest, but I only take on 12. And then those legacy clients will perpetually stay with me. And so, gotcha. so we do the math for me and for the two other advisors on my team. We know exactly what our capacity is. 
So when we send the email out in January to all of our existing clients to say, happy 2023, looking forward to the year, looking forward to meeting with you three times this year. And based on our team's capacity, we have the ability to help 48 new families this year. Amy you know, has the capacity to help 12, and then Jessica and Jay will take care of the rest. Once we reach that number of new families that are coming into our practice, we will close to new business until we can really invest the time in any new person or new family. And so, I love that. We're, yeah, we're not kidding. Like, that's not a gimmick. It, it's actually based on math and based on what we can truly handle and, and still invest the right amount of time for each of those existing clients. And then, then come July, you know, July, August, we send the email saying, thank you so much. 48 awesome new families are now working with us and we're going to pause for Q4. Any new referrals that are coming our way, we would love to help your friends and family and prioritize them. And we'll put them on a wait list for January. What I think what's amazing about that is I'm thinking of the receiving end of that as a client, right? When you go out, there's a few major topics that people talk about. And usually finance and money is one of them when you're out social. And I'm sure one of your clients would say something to you like, hey, you're the friend, my friend. And they probably are saying, hey, Amy, like finance comes up and you're like, oh, my advisor is just amazing. Who do you use? And then they say it and then you could see their little and they probably say, well, my my advisor is only taking on 48 new clients. You better if you want to work with her, you better hurry up and give me your info. It's so interesting. First of all, yes, absolutely. That's the mentality, right? Because people want what they perceive they cannot have. Yeah. So there's like a, a scarcity club. mentality. But then, you know, we send the email out saying we're kind of closed to new business for this year. We've, we've done this now for this will be our third year in a row. And um, and then the emails start coming in. I know you're not taking on any new clients, but you really should talk to my colleague. You really need to talk to so and so. And it's and we got more referrals after closing I'm to sure. new business than we did in January. Yeah. So you got your 48 for 2024. Yeah. And so it's people, you know, the, our clients now start to advocate for their referrals. Like, can, you know, could you, could you just squeeze one more in for this year? So it is, it's, a, um, it's, it's, that's the shift too. When you say, well, how's the business changed? You know, we would just do anything to work with people in the beginning. And now the clients are doing what they can to see if they can get their referral into our business. It's like yeah. a complete shift, but what a cool place to sit. Oh and, yeah. Uh, experience. It's amazing. It's amazing. And listen, I mean, there's a, you're, you know, for the advisors out here listening right now, there's some that are just bringing on tons of clients and they need to do some of the segments. Maybe you're doing some wow stuff, but everything that Amy has done here is personal to her business. So take them and just really think to yourself, how could you put them into yours? So as we uh, continue here, Amy, tell me what's next for you. What's next? Yeah. So my theme is really centered and my decision-making is centered around impact. And, you know, for my first 20-ish years of my career, the impact was one client at a time, right? How could I really make a difference for people and their relationship with money one client at a time? And that, you know, that, that adds up to thousands of people over a career. But where I, after 20 years in the business, and that was around the time that I shifted to, um, to make my transition with my team to Mass Mutual, we had a moment to pause and say, okay, so 
Now, what does the impact look like? And for me, it's the impact on our industry. So what's next for me and what I've spent the last chunk of years really working on is how do I take what I've learned over my career, the mistakes I've made, the long trajectory that could have been shortened had I had, you know, better trainings, coaching, mentors over the years. How do I take all of those learnings and package them into a coaching program for advisors? So my focus now is taking all of these learnings and coaching groups of advisors. And I have several different cohorts depending on someone's experience. But what I want to do is make the financial planning career easier, more fun, and more impactful for teams. And so my focus now is how do we help financial advisors kind of, I call them, you know, uh, intelligent shortcuts. Like how do we you know, intelligently cut to the chase, get to what's important, help you with segmentation, help you with your marketing and social media. How do we help you with relevant topics that you can bring in a timely manner right back to your clients without having to do all the work? We've done all the work. And so now for me, it's exponentially impacting our industry by taking all of these systems and processes and workflows and learnings and sharing them with advisors to make their trajectory shorter and to make their fun bigger sooner. It's amazing. And and what I love, Amy, is watching you in action, not only just how you coach and the way you are, but I think that the thing that you've done is, like I always say, trains run on tracks and everything you've built is a system and a process. And it's very repeatable if you're willing to be a little uncomfortable, right? Because sometimes like your, your financial planning process, your, your monthly call outs, like you make sure that the most important things in your business are the things you're executing at that moment. And you've laid out a foundation. So if you're out there and, you know, I, I said in my intro, all the places you can find Amy and I'll, and I'll make sure I say it at the end, but if you're out there in this industry and you want to take your practice to a whole nother level, or you want to make your practice more efficient. So you have more time to have more fun and do things. You need to make sure you sign up for Amy's coaching program, get on her distribution, buy her books. Like guys, I, I always say that the, the key to success in our industry is being very curious and, but be curious with people that get it. So make sure you're curious and, and follow people like Amy. So last, uh, last one for you, I'm a veteran producer. I'm kind of stuck besides signing up for your workshop. What would be the other thing you would do if they're sitting there right now? What would you do that? What would be the first thing? If you had one thing, you said, go do this right now, what would it be? You know, I always say when you're stuck, there are two questions to ask yourself that will always get you unstuck. The first is, what am I doing right now that I should not be doing? And the other is, what am I not doing right now that I should that be I should doing? Love and it. for so many people, it's it's kind of like a you know a punch in the gut. Like the answer is probably self-evident. And for most people, it's getting back to basics, building systems having a coach. And it's not just having a coach. Anybody can have a coach. You actually have to be coachable, yes. right? So just because well, it's you have one of your client questions too, right? It doesn't mean you're actually going to make any changes. You have to be so willing 
to, I always say, I don't want you to get out of your comfort zone. I want you to expand your comfort zone to be much larger. And that's the work that we do. That's the work that, that any you know great coach is going to help you with. But what I particularly love for people like that is, you know, especially the veteran advisor, it's lonely because, you know, you, you're not worried about cash flow anymore. You're not worried about where my next client's coming from. You're, you're probably not even worried about a team. You probably have a solid group of people. What I see happening is um, boredom sets in. It's not fun. It's same old, same old. Regulatory issues are just really frustrating. That people are looking for like a restart. Yeah. And so to me, in, you know, when you're when you're stuck like that, that's why I coach in groups and not as individuals, because I people get to see when they're in a cohort of their peers, oftentimes strangers. Right? These are not people they necessarily know. But when you're in a group with your peers and you're willing to be vulnerable and say, look, you know, I hate to say this. I can't say this to anybody, but I, I'm going to say to you guys, like, I'm kind of bored at this stage. And then you have all these colleagues around you saying, oh, my gosh, I'm bored too. I, was, I thought I was the only one. Yep. When you coach in groups of like minded people at similar stages in their careers, they realize, one, they're not alone. Two, they actually help each other. So it's not just my coaching and guidance from what I've learned in my career, but it's the collective wisdom of that cohort of people. And that's where the fun is. That's where yeah. the, the quick changes and new implementations happen. And then they can share those victories with one another. That's that's my favorite part of my work right now in coaching is the group it. dynamic and how they pull each other forward. I love it. Well, Amy Jamrod, you're amazing. You are... Uh... You have already left the legacy for your clients. And what you're doing now is you're making your imprint and leaving a legacy for this industry. And this industry is really lucky to have you. Thank you for being on Small Steps, Big Wins. You're just awesome. So I appreciate everything you do. And, thank you. Uh, I thanks appreciate for, your friendship. Thank you, Amy. And thanks for paying it forward. So have a great day, everybody. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Small Steps. Big wins. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every bit helps. You can also follow us on Instagram at small steps, big wins. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.